It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, you can join the chat in our Facebook group, the ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook, all about what's going on in the podcast and the wider world of e-commerce. So I want to introduce you to our special guest today. Sebastian Goldbraith Helps runs the online-only e-commerce business HoneyTreeBespoke.com. With his wife, the artist Lisbeth Holstein, HoneyTree is the UK's leading bespoke stationery boutique where customers can pick from over 2,000 unique designs and have the high-quality stationery of their choice delivered next day. Sebastian and his team have mastered the logistical and technological challenges of selling bespoke online to turn over in excess of half a million a year. Now, that may seem really rather familiar to some of you because that is the exact intro I read out back in episode 15 when Sebastian was on the show for the first time. Now, this time he's come back, requested to come back to update you all on what he's been up to, which includes migrating to Magento and adding a subscription product to his business. Hello, Sebastian. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for uh, letting us come back and um, share some of uh, the fun that we have been having since the last time we spoke, because I learned so much from your podcasts, and I hope some of the things to not do and some of the things to consider might be uh, might give somebody else a heads up. Cool. Well, it's um, it was great to get your email asking to come back on, because I think these are some big old topics. Um, so... <laughs> So let the how have things been since we caught up in 2015? Yeah, I think I think I'd classify it as sort of we've been incredibly busy. It's been interesting, and hopefully we've been ploughing the fields, and now we're looking forward to the harvest. Oh, excellent! Nice and mysterious as well. <laughs> I like that. So, um, yeah. let's just very quickly go through the quick factors about your businesses. It is right now. So you're in the UK. Are you selling UK only or overseas? Um, we're based in the UK. We're just outside the Glastonbury Festival site in Somerset, um, but we ship globally. And um, from your introduction, we found through SEO that we should focus on being called honeytreepublishing.com. Mm-hmm. Even though we provide a bespoke product, that is the group that my wife and I own. That is the main thing. And we found that Google were penalizing us for having too many URLs even though it helped us to get found, our authority was really diminishing. So so from your initial introduction, I would just say that we are honeytreepublishing.com and uh-huh. that is the bespoke stationary service or personalized, customized stationery. And the reason for wanting to come back on is launching honeytreepost.com, the stationery lovers club, which is the subscription business that we set up. And when you ask about where we ship um we ship globally on both sites but the stationery lovers club the subscription site um can't believe we're sending to bolivia poland china countries that we've never sent bespoke stationery to we can only imagine because it doesn't have the language issue it's it's illustrated only stationery cards greetings cards items that you need each week to send to teachers and friends and get well soon. And 
because there is no language issue, it's just illustrative. We're now shipping to places that we've never sent to in six years of Honey Tree Publishing. Wow. So, uh, so just we'll come back onto the the adding the subscription side in a little later on. But um, but just to be to be clear on that, you started off with lots of URLs. You've consolidated down to Honey Tree Publishing for the bespoke side of the business, but then you launched another URL. Yeah, that's right. So one <laughs> is wanted, yeah, so, I'm yeah. going, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's um, Honeytree Publishing is the bespoke side of things. And HoneytreePost.com is the subscription side. And um, we felt it was firstly, one of them's on Magento and one of them's on Shopify. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have quite a different customer on both. We, we thought they were exactly the same person. But actually, the people who buy personalized have a much higher average basket value. And the subscription side of um, things, they have a much lower average basket. And we felt we wanted to introduce them to the customized products over a period of time, rather than intimidating them by coming onto a site which has got so much personalization, Mm -hmm. they might not even have found the subscription side of things. We needed to make them two very clear parts. And it's two, I mean, you said about SEO earlier, but it's two very different Mm -hmm. sets of SEO keywords as well, isn't it? As well as different marketing, different buying habits. You said one's on Magento, one's on Shopify. I'm going to take a rough (laughs) punt and say that Honeytree posts the subscription sites on Shopify. Yeah, just love it. It's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Love it. Um, I hear many of your guests saying it. And for we, we now pay the princely sum of $32 a month to host an amazing site. And that's because we've got a couple of plugins. One optimizes the images so that Google love us. And the other one is a shipping something or other. Not quite sure what it does, but 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 it's $27 a month is the is the standard. And it just does a fantastic job for us. And so, well, anyone who's thinking of uh, heading onto the Shopify platform, you can get a fantastic deal uh, as you're a listener by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify. Uh, okay, so how's the team looking? I think that's the last of our questions before we can really dive into the nitty gritty. Yeah, of course. Um, I listened um, to one of your podcasts with So Susie Stamps. Oh, yes. And I was quite interested that she included all her advocates in her team. My answer here is going to be based those in payroll, which are on the Today team. Mm-hmm. And last time I was with you, I explained that we have a Today team, which are the people who are in our studios responsible for whatever happens day to day, from shipping to amends to orders to production, etc., um, customer service. And then we have the Tomorrow team, who are the people that make sure that the Today team are really busy. So we've got seven Today team members. And um, and they're the ones on payroll. And so that's who I consider to be our core team. And then we've got loads of supporters who are experts at what they do. And, you know, uh, basically they don't cost us more than 25% of the average basket that we sell on a, on a, on a month. So our marketing cost is reduced to being 25% of our of each order and that includes our today team and any of the outsource skills that we go for aha uh-huh. so you budget your tomorrow team costs yeah. on how much you're selling that's right and because we've been going for six years with honey tree we know the seasonal trends 
And so um, we there are so many experts out there and there are so many wonderful initiatives, shiny things, I think you call them, yeah. that we just we, we have to stop somewhere. And yeah, shiny um, things yeah. or now uh, prob- uh, solutions without problems. That's the other yes, one. Yes, I liked that. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I thought that was um, a great one. I'm very good at finding those. <laughs> Me yeah, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So, um, so yeah, that's the team. The seven of us set in a lovely setting in Somerset, and um, and we work really well together. Yeah. Cool. I just want to ask one other quick question about this tomorrow team with that budget based on sales. I'm assuming that you enter each quarter or each season going, right, that's what we think our sales are going to be. Therefore, we've got this much to spend on tomorrow. Let's work out where we're going to allocate it based on need. Would that be about right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is essentially right. We know what we should be doing in each quarter of sales from historical visits, um, Google Trends and our own experience. Then we'll add 20% to that because of what we want, how we want to grow. And then we will assign a budget that we believe is required to, you know, get mm. to that level. And, um, of course, if it doesn't quite achieve that, then we reduce the, the, the next quarter's hours in the areas that aren't matching our expectation. I like that flexible approach. It's not like you're saying at the beginning of the year, right, we're committing to this for 12 months. We're going, right, that's what we're going to try for the next three. That's what we're going to try for the next three. Let's see how the budget goes. That flexible approach, I think, is essential in this day and age. Well, and it works the other way as well, Chloe, is if somebody's absolutely rocking it, then we can add more hours mm-hmm. to them so that we grow more than 20%, which which would be super. So, So it's flexible both ways, yeah. Okay, let's let's go into what we said about the headlines at the top there. And we you started talking about the subscription piece. So let's can we tackle the subscription piece first? And the, the decision to go with subscription out of the box? Yes. Yeah. Um that came in mid two thousand seventeen. Um and in two thousand and launched at the, uh, October two thousand and fifteen and through 2016, we grew sort of 23% a month um, wow. for, for that. It's it's I, in my notes here. The on subscription, they have a real entitlement mentality that takes a disproportionate amount of customer service time. Of the 11 subscription clubs that started in 2017, uh, sorry, in 2015. In our niche, mm-hmm. only three are still only three are still trading. Wow! Um, it's a holy grail because of recurring income, um, crowdfunding, VC, whatever you want to go for. Somebody looks at a track record and they look at Grays or Birchbox or all of them. They go, "Oh my gosh, how many subscribers have you got?" But um, boy, do you need to ensure that you look after these people. Mm. Um, that they're paying a fraction of our average basket on Honeytree Publishing and they have this entitlement mentality, which perhaps they're entitled to. I'm not entirely sure, but if it doesn't arrive on the day or or, or, or anything that might go wrong, they they talk to you like when I ran tennis clubs for 22 years as if it's a member who – who who feels that the club is their own and we want we harness that it is the stationary lovers club we know that that is what they're buying into but um it's you know i wonder if 
our competitors that set up at the same time or had been trading prior to us went under just because they had underestimated the expectation of a subscriber being part of your brand, being part of your infrastructure, so to speak. And um, the other big issue is subscription cutoff dates. Um, I've listened to most of your podcasts. I'm not sure this has been raised before. But if you're setting up a subscription club, what day of the month do you close that month's um, Mm -hmm. subscriptions? We, we, We started with it being the fifth of the month when we very first launched so that they would get it sort of mid-month and therefore you're in October, there's a Halloween type theme, for example, and it's relevant and they'll get it well in time for Halloween and it's all about October and autumnal colours in the UK. Um, But if somebody misses the 5th and they subscribe on the 6th and we, we close our subscription on the 5th, ship on or before the 15th, so it's got time to create chase up the mm-hmm. failed payments, which are, which are quite an issue, um, and do that. It takes time to produce this. So now, if you subscribed on the 6th, you're now not going to be getting it until approximately the 20th of the subsequent month. Oh, that's a long time. And you'll have paid twice long, by that time as well. Well, well, you haven't paid twice. Oh. You haven't paid twice. No, you pay once and, and, and that's, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. just how the system works. But, but that, you know, that maybe is what people are worried about. That's a very good point, Chloe. Um, but the real thing is that a discount code isn't going to cut it. They want the product now. Yeah. And so we went with voucher codes so that we could see which affiliates were recommending people, which bloggers were getting the traffic. And some people used those. But within, because it's a subscription club, um, people let us know incredibly quickly that what they wanted were the goods. They didn't want money off and to wait six weeks to get it. They were excited. They've joined a club and they want to be part of it. So we've stopped all discounting and what we do now is whatever day of the month you join on you get a free welcome post box sent to you whatever country you're in worth 12 pounds and it's dispatched on a date of your choice so if chloe you bought honey tree post the stationery lovers club as a gift for somebody three mm-hmm. month subscription for example and their birthday is on the 20th you could order it anytime you want and then say, we want the welcome box to be sent um, three days before to make sure of shipping. And a note goes with it and says, Chloe's bought this for you. This is just a taster and your box will be coming on or before. And then we put in that date nice. so that there's no dwell time on the site saying, do I want to subscribe or not? It's like, oh, Craig, if I do it now. Within the next couple of days, I'm going to get my free box worth 12 quid. Then I'm going to get my next box worth 30 quid, even though I'm only paying 15 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, and, and that was really important for us. That, because that they immediate weren't that interested. Yeah, they weren't interested in the discount. They wanted the loveliness. Yeah. They wanted their stationery. And so that was our biggest learning was get the stuff out, get something to them so they can touch and feel the quality and feel part of it as soon as possible. Now, general consensus is that with a subscription business, it's harder to get the first purchase 
and it's the, and the, and then the money is really made by keeping them in for as long as possible, which I guess mean, is exactly why all those customer service issues in the welcome box have been so important. But from your experience, is it is it proving harder to get customers to Honeytree Post than it is to get customers to Honeytree Publishing? Um, I think the trend for subscription clubs and the amount of PR and social media sharing makes it very on trend and makes it quite a lot easier to get visitors because they understand the proposition Mm -hmm. and to share on social media because there's no personalization they're quite happy to take a photo and post it on instagram of the lovely cards that have come in this month's box whereas if they've got birth announcements and it's got their child's name and its weight and their personal address on they're just not going to share that socially and I, i understand that and so from a traction point of view Honeytree Post and bloggers and journalists, they mm. completely get it. So that has been a lot easier for us. Um, but there's quite a lot of competition, especially from the States. Um, yet, yet 13, well, not quite, I think it's 11% of our shoppers are, are, are in, the, in the United States. So they want a quintessentially British yeah. <laughs> stationary monthly thing, whereas there are a lot in the States. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's how that works. So I think retaining them, um, we haven't found that very difficult because we just provide an amazing proposition and they're getting 30 pounds worth of beautiful stationery. And the most they'll pay is 15 pounds. That's the month to month. And the least they'll pay is 12 pounds 50, which is if they sign up for 12 months and more than 50% of people sign up for 12 months. Wow, that's some committed customers. There are other people out there with sub- subscription businesses going, seriously, how did you manage that? <laughs> I, can te- I can tell you the answer how we managed that. Oh, is we went on Shopify through Recharge and we charged them each month. Whereas, um, ah, So it's not Dave, an upfront 12-month payment. Yes. Dave from Lick My Dip was on um, uh, the platform uh, CrateJoy. CrateJoy, yeah. And CrateJoy either let you pay for a one-month or six or 12 months, but in one hit. So yes, we have a few more issues with people's credit cards have expired and, and we have to chase it a little bit. Um, but we just, that was the point in making mm. the subscription across 12 months. So I have to pay it all in one go. Doesn't seem fair, to be honest with you. It seems a little bit I don't know. It didn't sit very well with us. Um, so so that's how we did that. That kind of, in my, in my mind, that makes the Shopify plus recharge subscription proposition a no-brainer compared to the CrateJoy one. They've got some great stuff, CrateJoy. You know, I mean, they really do because it's set up specifically for subscriptions. And so I do respect that. And there are some initiatives they've got that we would love. But at the end of the day, it's about the customer's money and what we deliver for that value. And we were just just uncomfortable asking for it up front we just you yeah. know we we yeah no so um so yeah it works well with recharge very okay. well cool well let's move on to the migration to magento because you said you had some kind of juicy lessons it might not quite yeah. be the word juicy but some lessons yeah. to share with the wider public on this one uh, yeah i think um affinity are our web builders they have been from the beginning which sounds like we're not very ambitious but actually we went to tender for version three of our website in a big way but we knew we wanted it on magento we knew we needed it to be mobile responsive and to have a cms that would enable us 
to to just have something familiar as opposed to bespoke, which mm-hmm. is what we were on. Affinity have done an incredible job. It's an amazing site. And I know we will win lots of awards, but it was six months late coming to market, which meant we missed Christmas, Valentine's, Mother's Day, which are really big for us. Um, but sometimes, you know, you, you have to end up with the right product. And so this isn't a Magento issue. This was the complexity of what we expect and what our brand is perceived by our shoppers as needed to be put together in an incredibly skilled way with over 4,000 hand-drawn illustrations available on any one product with a Pinterest-style board that you can choose from with shipping options for all the places we ship to. There are so many variants that it just needed to be right, and they understood the tech they just didn't understand the customer journey well enough and they didn't they didn't really experience you know they didn't really find that out and and there were just a few too many assumptions um but it's now amazing (laughs) we're very excited and that that has to be the right way to be definitely and i think assumptions are the enemy of any website build and the the challenge is always you know, do you create the 100-page tender document, which in and of itself, you know, the 100-page brief, which in and of itself is not useful, you know, because it becomes too long for anyone to be able to retain what's in it. But yeah. then which things do you assume <laughs> and leave out is always, always the danger, danger with these things. So, um, so what, what, for anyone embarking on a big mm. replatforming project, what would be your, your kind of top tips for them? We have an employee called Karen who, isn't only an amazing graphic designer she is our workflow manager and Lisbeth and i are 100 percent shareholders of the business but karen is our boss she knows that we have visions and strategy and everything but she really can implement things and i would say that you you need someone between the person paying for it and the people building it to manage it so that they understand and very, very clearly what she understood exactly what we expected from it. Mm-hmm. And she was ensuring that that message was getting through each time they released something to us. She was able to point to a fairly good working document. But of course, for us, they had built version two and version one. So for them to think that the things that were working on our previous ones were now not required or that we would mm. accept something less wasn't was a bit of a surprise to us. But I think the main learning is if you are the person that is commissioning the website, are you a systems and processes, minutite, detailed workflow person? Or are you a founder with a vision and you need to let somebody interview you, get that vision on a decent document and let them empower them to deal with the coders because 87% of um, payments on Honeytree have got a female name and they're over 27 years old. Mm-hmm. These aren't the coders. No. <laughs> website saying, why does it matter if the bee's in the wrong place? And we go, mate, you just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come and sit so, in customer services <laughs> for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, brand is so important. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, find, find somebody who's just really good at that. I, I can't 
agree with you more, really. Um, I think I, I think it's even written in e-commerce master plan. The book is that <laughs> one of my one of my key tips for if you're doing a website project is that you have to manage it yourself. Every website builder will say, "Oh, we've got a project manager," but their project manager's job is to manage their team. It's not always and might in part be, but it pretty much never is to make sure you get what you're asking for. So you have to have that project management piece at your end to make sure that things don't get forgotten, to make sure that you're delivering stuff when you need to, because, you know, it's a hard enough job anyway without things going missing. So, yeah. That that was the key for us was that we had put ourselves in a position where they were never waiting for anything from us. Mm. And, And we were still six months late. So if you imagine if we had been disorganized, and I'm not saying they were, they just under underestimated the task. But if we had been un, uh, disorganized, then they could easily have blamed us for that, which would have cost us a fortune. So she was absolutely worth her weight in gold in that respect. Okay. Now, the last thing, Sebastian, which you emailed me about wanting to tell me about and tell the listeners about was segmentation by the Foo Fighters. Now, that's got me confused. So are you able to explain a bit more, please? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I grew up with Nirvana, love their music. Dave Grohl, drummer of Nirvana, head singer of the Foo Fighters, one of the world's biggest bands. Whether you like their music or not, I couldn't believe what happened to Kim, our head of production. She's a Foo Fighters fan. And this is a lesson in segmentation and looking after your fans, your customers, whatever you want to call them, from a band that probably really doesn't need to and has excelled anything I've ever seen before. In June 2015, Kim had tickets to see the Foo Fighters at Wembley. Dave Grohl fell off the stage, broke his leg in Sweden, and the gig got cancelled. Her and her husband's tickets were refunded within a week. Um, Then the gig was rearranged to be in Milton Keynes of September that same year, but Kim couldn't make it. Two years later, on the 18th of February 2017, on a Saturday, Kim receives a first-class letter with two airline tickets in it um, with um, boarding passes for Obelisk Airlines, a fictional airline. She had to sign for these tickets, and she had no idea what they were. She went on to the URL, and it takes you to the Foo Fighters website, which had their confirmed tour dates all over Europe, but with one blanked out and, um, and just saying pending. It said to check with the boarding passes and to register with the boarding passes for a code. So she does that. Then on Wednesday, the 22nd of February, the date on the boarding passes, everyone's expecting an announcement at six o'clock. And um, then she receives an email inviting her to a secret gig for free in Froome, a local village to where she lives, to see the food is doing their first tour for a year and a half, a warm-up gig before a big world tour. They even wow. sold specific T-shirts to that event to the, all of 200 people and live-streamed it on their Facebook page to their fans globally. So they had segmented their list by, Kim, what's your postcode? You'd wanted to see them. You got a refund. You couldn't attend the rescheduled one. But we're still thinking of you two years later And instead of just sending an email, which we know can go into spam, they sent a proper first class invitation designed like a boarding pass 
uh, for two tickets to whet your appetite. She went online, registered that she'd got the tickets without any clue what was going to happen. And then on a Wednesday evening, she gets an email saying, tomorrow night, you need to be in Froome and um, drop everything you're doing because Dave and his band are going to welcome you there. Wow. Amazing. So if we can segment our list to that to that degree, and I'm sure we can all do postcode, but really, you know, I, I just found that the most incredible marketing exercise. And, um, you know, she's got, you know, they've got fans for life because the story went round that they really care. Okay, well, I think on that note, we should move into the top tips and go and find ourselves some more great tips. <laughs> Right. I love the top tip section because just like in quite frankly, the whole of this podcast has yet again been full of amazing advice. Um, this is going to give us some more, all of us listening and me, some really more really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Sebastian, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Okay, I, I loved customer manipulation. <laughs> I know you've changed its name to persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> but the breakdown for us has been really, really helpful. And I, I really do recommend it. And um, it, it has been something we've properly worked from. But if I may suggest another. Yeah, of course. Um, it would be The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruth. Um, it's, uh, it's not a business book. Um, and as we live near Glastonbury, we're allowed to get a little bit, um, a little bit hippie, <laughs> but, um, at the end of the day, the four agreements, they, they govern our reaction to situations and provide a real stability in our behavior without being dictatorial in any way. Oh, nice. We're a creative business. And if we stump that for our team worrying about, oh, I wonder what somebody's going to think, or is this a bit too left field? We would have missed out on a lot of nuggets. And um, also, if we didn't stick and go through the four agreements with all our team members, we would just be another boring money-making enterprise that wouldn't attract the caliber of people that we've got here. And um, so, yeah, I really recommend it. If you're at all curious, the four agreements are be impeccable with your word, don't make assumptions, don't take things personally, and always do your best. Wow, agreements to live by there, I think. Yeah, no, that's it. It's not a business thing at all. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's about running a business. And at the end of the day, those are, we work with these people every day. And um, they know us, you know, better than our friends in a way. So how you conduct yourself and, you know, how you lead and, Everything is really important. And if you've got somebody who's, you know, up and down and stressed and everything, it, it must it has to permutate a small team. It must do. Okay, then the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Becoming an expert in your field and sharing it through blogs and vlogs. That absolutely is the best way because then they're already looking to spend money with you in, in, in the, or sign up or whatever. But if you're the authority, then you've done most of the work. Okay. And that's the strategy you've been using at Honeytree. Yeah. Our blogs, um, guide to correspondence cards, um, top dress codes for 18th and 21sts, these sort of things. We use, um, Zendesk or Zen live chat 
and every day we can see every url that people are on and the content you know guides to etc that they're where a lot of customers especially ones overseas that's how they find us oh, excellent okay the tool top tip then maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day still toggle but now um, toggle is a, a time management, even though you can't manage time. It's a bit of a ridiculous comment, but um, <laughs> it's a way of monitoring how your time is being spent. And um, I now color code all the tasks that I do in toggle. It sits in my browser, even on my uh, iPhone. And anything that's not green, I should not be doing oh. because otherwise uh, somebody else could be doing this. And it's my job to find the strategy and the opportunities to earn enough money to get somebody else to do that because then I can focus on the things that really matter, which are the strategy and the opportunities, setting the culture and adding to our team and making sure there's enough cash in the bank. Marvellous. A a bonus tip from last time. Um, Okay, (laughs) the startup top tip then. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Um, start at the end. It's, it's a bit of a slog. And if you plan to only look after 30 orders a day, then it's going to feel like really hard work. For me, it's going to take as much endeavor from the founder to be looking after 30 customers a day as, as 300. So make sure that you, you know where you want to get to when you start off, um, and ensure that your market is sufficiently big for that. And strangely, hopefully, others will come along during your journey and really create a buzz and be very serious competition for you because competition is just brilliant and it just drives you on and it also shows that that marketplace is really important. So um, it it verifies the space you're in Um, and live your brand and one of our strap lines is the best parties begin at Honey Tree. So we're really happy to do that. Excellent. Well, Masterplan World, you can find all those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to the show. Now, Sebastian, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your businesses on the web and social media? Absolutely. Um, if they want to contact Sebastian, Galbraith-Helps, at LinkedIn. Um, We love to joint venture, collaborate with people. So please contact me there. And I have a micro personal blog on Medium, um, which is um, medium.com at Honeytree Limited, which is basically called Married to the Business, which is a uh, a little micro blog about um, co-founding the business with my wife um, and our lifestyle and business brand and how much we enjoy being able to work together. Oh, excellent idea for a, for a medium. Uh, okay, I'll add links to all of that as well as the businesses and everything else we talked about in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or even use that search box. Plenty of options. Um, Sebastian, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today. Uh, there's been so many nuggets of experience you've shared with us. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Chloe, thank you very much indeed. It's a, it's a weekly listen for us. And... Uh... 
and really appreciate it. Wow. Uh, well, what amazing advice then. Such a good look at the subscription world around those customer service issues, the fast fulfillment and the uh, the ways of getting of keeping those customers happy and how much work it's going to do. Any of you thinking of going subscription, please bear that in mind because it's not just about time. It really does cost you that bit of money too. Then, of course, we had his great way of budgeting for his tomorrow team. If you want to know more about tomorrow teams and today teams, take a listen to episode number 15. And great advice as well on moving from Magento or moving on to Magento rather and how to make that website website plan Website rebuild be a success, even if it does come in a bit late. And I know I often say on the podcast, you know, just get on with it and we, you know, get it live, see what happens. But this is definitely one of those cases where it had to be right, and it was well worth waiting for those um, those six months. If you're wondering why, go and take a look at the website, and you'll see why they had to get it right. Uh, and and that awesome segmentation story um, about the Foo Fighters, nice bit of heartwarming marketing does good for us all. Well. Um, that's the coming on for the end of this show. She says, scrolling hastily down to go and find the bit she's supposed to be saying to you all next. Uh, so uh, let us know what you think. Join in the discussion in the Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And have a great week. And of course, keep optimising. Optimising.